Welcome back to Joker Men Podcast. Uh, this is kind of the first real one of the year in some way for, for sort of, right? Define real. Classic, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it is the first classic one in that it is a free one and it doesn't have either Tim Heidecker or A.J. Weberman on it. <laughs> our, yeah. two, our two stunning guests to start the season. Obviously, the uh, episodes with Tim are, are real in every sense of the Jokerman sense. But, you know, yeah, this is Jokerman classic and it's it's back to basics, I guess. That's what I mean. Sure. Back to basics. Back to bread and butter. The uh, the, the simple stuff. The stuff that uh, that got us here. I'm Ian. I'm Evan. This is kind of great, uh, great stuff. That's what we're doing now, because mm-hmm. uh, pretty, we're, pretty we're, good stuff to uh, to steal James uh, front of the front of the show, James Adams uh, term, which it took me forever to understand where that reference came from. You didn't get that reference. Um, no, some it, of I, these it bootleggers. Took, it literally took me until I was listening to the song and heard that line, and I was like, "Shit, that's that's it from Sugar and Baby, was, right?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was so embarrassed that I uh, like I thought about tweeting it, and then I was like, "Wait, I can't tweet this. You I'm supposed to be a Bob Dylan expert." You can and just put it on the about it. on the actual show. No one you? listens to these; they just follow on Twitter. It's fine. Uh, well, anyway, what I'm saying is that I I don't know about you, but I feel like this is kind of something I I really am excited about as something we're going to do more of on the show. I always mm-hmm. like when it happens, which is we we just go to a period of Bob's live shows and often that means for me it's exciting because we get to go anywhere and we which means we get to go to the 90s because and the live 90s <laughs> shows that's just like what I like to listen to myself personally these days that's just what I'm into so it it feels like a kind of treat that we get to talk about Bob playing shows in the '90s as as a real bread and butter uh, episode of Jokerman podcast. Yeah, this is the first '90s show that we've done that wasn't, you know, Stuttgart. So uh, we we get to actually get yeah. good music and not have to pretend that bad stuff is good. Uh, there's no he's not in Straw Hat mode at all here. We love Straw Hat mode. He's Wiggle in full. Mode. He's in full command. He's in. He's in. He's in. Uh, can can we say? Japan, Japan mode. <laughs> well, he's always good in Japan. Well, that's I think the he thing. just brings his A game to the land of the rising sun. The rising sun. To so let's Nippon. let's clarify here the the topic of the the show today. You probably see from the title of the episode already. Sendai ninety four first show of nineteen ninety four first show of the Japanese tour in nineteen ninety four February um, show February five February show yeah he did a he did a February I think just like a February run in in early ninety four this was the first the first leg of the never ending tour that year which according to this crazy document that I pulled up uh that maybe I'll reference a couple times here was uh was apparently the the most the the year with the most shows ever nineteen ninety four one hundred and four shows of the never-ending tour wow japan u.s europe u.s u.s five legs five legs busy man yeah uh it it feels like he's just uh i mean top of his game yes live performance wise that's uh 
you know, why do we like the nineties? You know, we talk about, we've talked about Stuttgart, which is like, you know, uh, infamous example of the nineties, but really the nineties overall for Dylan are, is pretty well known. I think amongst the fans as the, one of the best periods of the never ending tour, if not the best. Yeah. I think that there's this like 10 ish year, uh, glory run that extends from right about here, 94, maybe 93, uh, up until the early 2000s, you know, the first year or two post love and theft. I think like that decade period is kind of the, like that's, that's the good shit. That is, that is the top of the shelf. That's the $500 bottle that, of heaven's door. That you can say, you could say post love and theft or you could say post nine 11 because well, it's the yeah. same day. It is <laughs> two <laughs> equally momentous, uh, occasions in American history. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the, this is the start of, I think the classical, like really like immaculate, perfect, most fondly remembered period of the never ending tour. Uh, you know, it's post red sky post the covers records, you know, just post the covers records. We'll get to talk about, uh, one of those tracks here, you know, when we get to the actual songs, uh, but it's before, I think that's the essential thing here. It's before it's three years before time out of mind. So we're still way far away from the, like, you know, the really big headline, like Bob is back, kind of, you know, him at the Grammys, Daniel Lanois returning, you know, the the whole like kind of myth around that record. Um, it's a really kind of like germinal stage or, or liminal stage in his career where he's like moving from one era to another, not yet in this new phase, but it's just like, mm, it's perfect. It's, it's baby bear. It's just right. It's a sweet spot because you have yeah. everything that leads up to uh time out of mind like that that didn't come out of nowhere like obviously that record could only have been made by an artist who was working at a high level right and so to see everything that led up to that and not only that but like the band he has here mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. just like the vibe that's the so i think our, our real wheelhouse is like where we get excited here is like the song selection like you get so much stuff from pretty much everything that we for as like a big fan, everything you could possibly want is here. Yes. Everything you get songs from like all of the major eras of, of the classic eras. Plus he'll throw in stuff from under the red sky in ways that makes that record look good. Like just as good as that other material. Good record. Uh, it's a good record. And I, <laughs> I will say that this hearing it in, uh, Hearing the, the songs song, I mean, the of, only... of Under the Red Sky in, in this context, I think, will make uh, the Red Sky agnostic think twice. Yeah, he, I mean, he picks two of the three strongest songs on Red Sky to play in this set, and yeah. he, he plays the third one at other times throughout this tour also. There's this whole, like, crazy, again, this document that I'm referring to, they've got, this guy's got this whole Olaf Bjorner, thank you, Olaf Bjorner, uh, has got every song, every show mapped out throughout the entire year. And it's just a, it's a murderer's row of good stuff, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's uh, about everything that we could expect uh, from, or everything that we could hope for from a show at this era. You know, you've got your, you got your classics, you got your Watchtower, you got your Thin Man, you've always got those. But the stuff that, you know, kind of the treats, the tasty morsels that are a little more, a little more rare, the rare bobs, are exactly what we're hoping for. And even those songs, Thin even, Tower, even Thin, Thin, Tower, Man, Thin Tower, Thin Tower and, and Watchmen, and Watchmen. Um, 
<laughs> are are pretty as far as those go. Those like, are the these best. These are pretty badass versions. They're good versions. Which is yeah. those two songs are ones that uh, we don't even tend to like when Bob plays live, and I'm fi- I found myself liking them quite a, quite a lot. Yeah, and that just comes down to the band. Can you introduce who's playing in the band? Yeah, so I mean we've got uh, we've got Tony. Obviously, that's a given because we're ninety four here. Tony Garnier, uh, and this this is right in the the. The legendary run of Winston Watson on the drums. Uh, there was this incredible video that I sent you earlier. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but it was um, they they did series of dreams on this tour, uh, not in this show, but uh, a it was couple just other audio, right? No, no, no. no. The, the, oh, so you I sent, sent you two. Video? I sent you two. The 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 one of Born in Time was just audio, but okay. series of dreams is an actual video, oh, I and see. it's just it's just it Winston Watson in the background and Bob kind of wandering in, in and out of the frame. And Winston has just got, like, his hair is flying everywhere. Yeah. Both his arms are just fucking killing the drums. Like, he is, he's he's such an essential part of this band, I think. He, he's such an interesting uh, player. I, I don't really know what else he, like, what other bands he's been a part of, which I, I should look into that, but... Well, we talked about that a little bit with John when he was on. I, yeah. I forget what he said, but I think he said, like, New Wave bands or something yeah, well, you from can the 80s. Hear, that makes sense, because, like, the, his sensibility... I guess I kind of like him because a lot of the stuff he plays is sort of like stuff I would play, like in a, in a way. Right, as the drummer. I, if I on played the, on yeah, the show, when I have, I'm not like a super. Uh, I don't have Technical. great, amazing chops or anything, but I can right. play drums. But I, a lot of my reference points, I just hear in his playing. Yeah, like a lot of new wave, almost post punk adjacent, just. Uh, style like not right not fully post not like he's playing new order type beats but it's like uh um, the sort of uh where new wave meets i don't know like early elvis costello kind of stuff or yeah that late 70s um just kind of edgy aggressive um very spirited playing yeah, it's a it's a big sound and it's not very delicate. Like if we contrast it against like Charlie Drayton, who's the drummer right now yeah, who, on the Rough who and Rowdy, plays like a like a classical. He makes this look like, yeah, he makes it like classical musician. Yeah, he, like Drayton is like a like a like a textbook, like technically perfect, like jazz drummer, very light, right. lot of like brushes, like very kind of like chill and mellow. And Winston Watson is the complete opposite. It's just big and loud and heavy. But that I think suits this moment and this mood and this energy that Bob is yeah, bringing. Brings up the energy, whereas like Drayton is able to totally uh, blend and meld into those songs and right. kind of uh, color them in, in a yeah. You really very feel these appropriate drums. way. And this There's one a big presence. Yeah, the, the, uh, in in this era, um, Winston Watson seems to bring the energy up and sometimes um, sort of interesting ways that aren't always I don't know I think it it does bring a kind of youthful spirit to this era of, of Dylan where he's yeah. how old is Dylan here he's like 60 50 no, 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 no. 50 it's 94 so 41 to 94 he would have been 53 yeah uh still no uh, spring chicken no and uh that it, crucially it doesn't go into that style that's like I don't know. In, the, in so much of the '80s, I think a lot of the playing is it's heavy and hard in a way that is kind of it feels dated when you hear it now. But right. Winston Watson, 
has a, a bit more subtlety to his, I mean, his style's not subtle in terms of volume or, or uh, physical I think it's force, just, it's just more like natural, maybe not subtle, but just more like, like natural. Like there's, this is 94, you know, this is the year that the unplugged uh, set is going to be taped at the end of the year. And Bob does Woodstock, Woodstock 94, you know, in August of this year. So you've got like some, you've got some kind of grunge slacker kind of energy in the rock scene at this point. There's sort of a, a return to return to basics. All the synthesizers and stuff have been stripped out uh, at this point. Um, and uh, and it's it's got like really a, a very jammy feel um, overall. Uh, I mean, you can look at the... the um, the run times for these songs and like you should, you sent this to me first just a couple of days ago on YouTube and it's just like one long concert and stuff. And then I found the bootleg where it's cut down into individual songs. You, you don't see this when you're just looking at, you know, a two hour video on YouTube, but you look at these run times on these songs, eight minute Joker man, 11 minute tangled up in blue, seven and a half minute. It's all over now. Baby blue, uh, almost eight minute. Don't think twice. It's all right. Eight minutes. Maggie farm, Maggie's farm, Maggie eight farm, and a, Maggie farm, Ten and a half minutes in it, in it, me babe. It's like these are fucking jam songs, well, jam city here. It's, it's incredible. It's jam, and it's also something else, which we'll get into. <laughs> where it's not um, necessarily a jam, but it is. Uh, sometimes Dylan just he circles the runway quite a he's few just times. Ta- he's taking his time. He's walking the dog, man. This is great. Um, Shall we get the- into the? Uh, First, well, just to wrap the band before we get oh, to the yeah, songs. Oh, yeah, keep going, please. John Jackson and Bucky Baxter. Are you familiar with either of these gentlemen? I think I've heard the name of Bucky Baxter. No. Because that sounds, <laughs> it sounds like, a, memorable. Like, a comic, like a comic book sidekick or something. It does, yeah. Uh, I am not very familiar with these guys. This is, this is before the Larry and the Charlie, you know, uh, kind of classical run in the, um, in the NeverEnding Band. Well, what are they playing? Uh, so let's see. We had John Jackson, electric and acoustic guitar, and the banjo, and Bucky Baxter, kind of the multi instrumentalist doing everything pedal steel, lap steel, electric and acoustic slide guitar, the dobro, don't even know what that is, and the electric mandolin. Um, and uh, I looked up just both these guys for a little bit of information uh, about both of them. Uh, Jackson. Dobro, yeah. If it's you a type Google of that, a resonator guitar. It's like a, it's a guitar with the with the big metal uh, round uh, thing on it. Okay. And, oh, uh, I know. I know what you're talking. It's that's on the cover of one of the Dire Straits records. Uh, the, that big metal kind of thing on the on the body of the guitar, right? Dobro Straits. Dobro, yeah. Uh, anyways, this was a fun quote from, from John Jackson here, uh, uh, who said regarding, you know, getting looped into this, uh, I was on tour with Joel Saunier and Bob Dylan happened to be at a show in New York at the Lone Star. Tony, Tony Garnier, his bass player who I met before came on the bus and said that Bob quote, liked my playing and could he get my number? Could Tony get my number? Uh, and, uh, Jackson said, uh, yeah, sure. Tell him to call me if he needs a guitar player as a joke. Two years later, I get a call from out of the blue from Bob's office. I didn't know how long it was going to last, if he would like me or if I would like him. I went to New York, did three rehearsals, and we were on tour in Europe. And uh, and then he stuck with Bob from 92 to 97. Um, so on the MTV record, 
and then was in the studio for uh, Time Out of Mind, and then just, uh, I think, just just left. Uh, what, what else did he say here? Uh, fun band, learned an incredible amount of music. I think we may have played over 700 different songs. People weren't getting the exact same set list every night. That's one of the best things about this era, I think, is how unpredictable the set list was. Uh, I think the fans got something exciting out of it, and Bob got a new appreciation for playing and writing. Eventually, it just ran its course, and it was time to go. Uh, so he was just a Nashville kind of guy, kicking around, hired gun, got brought in, five-year run. And then Bucky Baxter, uh, sort of a legendary, uh, apparently, uh, pedal steel guy uh, who played with Steve Earle in the 80s and, uh, and then met Bob on that tour and came aboard in 1992 as well, stuck around until 1999. So just kind of like hired gun, lifer guys, but... For my money, I think the guitar playing, pedal steel playing in this show, fucking fantastic. It's so bright and lively and totally, like, just hard, just edgy. And, in, in like, it just, like, it, 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 it gives all these songs so much life. Like, Watchtower, for instance, makes it interesting or, to listen to, which is great. For the first uh, song, the uh, eight minute, is that how long? That Joker is, Man. That is it, indeed, 817. Oh, oh, Joker Man. Joker Man uh, Joker dance Man by the dance light of man, by the light of the moon. Uh, bird, bird fly, fly high, high by the light of the moon to the nightingale tune. I think he, I think he fucks, oh, he up, fucks in like it up three in, or four yeah, different ways. Every way you can fuck it up, he fucks <laughs> it up on this. And I will say, if you think that's an indicator of how the rest of the show goes, uh, no, it's not. It's a fake out. He just fucks up. Uh, this song <laughs> multiple times he Every just gets time. all his fuck ups out of the way here he at the does beginning. get them out of the way and of the fuck ups to make it's not that big of a deal because it doesn't change the actual effect of the song he doesn't like mess up the structure it's just yeah. switching that order of the and I think you can I think hey, you can whatever. dance he can, to the nightingale tune just as easily as you can dance by the light of the moon you, know, you could dance to uh, the light of the tune if you want there you go <laughs> Night of the Moon. <laughs> you can dance to whatever you want. You can dance um, to the bird of the uh, moon. Someone sent us a message on Patreon the other day and was like, when you guys said, Smoker Man, bird tastes good by the moon. <laughs> he, was, he was actually laughing. Well, like wasn't that somebody else's idea? Well, someone, someone gave us Smoker Man, but I came up with bird, bird tastes good <laughs> by the moon. <laughs> Bird tastes good. I like that it's uh, apparently only for poultry, the smoker man. Yes, yeah. Just it's turkey, it's chicken, uh, it's it's geese, it's it's, it's duck, um, squab. Squab tastes good squab. by the light of the moon. <laughs> uh, this version uh, of uh, a Joker man. First of all, can we just acknowledge opening show with Joker man? So Another badass. reason we love the 90s, because this Fantastic. was happening all the time. This happened at Woodstock 94. Yeah, at Woodstock. With the sa- yeah. same band, at least with Winston Watson. Yeah, it was, a, it was the same exact band same for the year. And he, he, did, he opened virtually every show with Joker Man um, on this entire tour. Here and there, there's a couple where it doesn't happen, but like this is... Like this is this, is, this is locked in there. This is yeah. This is this is one of the the essentials. Great choice. I feel like Fantastic. that's that's also just telling of like what was in the air. I mean, I'm biased because '94 year of my birth. Mm-hmm. But I think 
everything I know about 94 as a cultural year, uh, movies, film, pictures, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, music and art and design. There was just Such good as. stuff. There was stuff that was good in the air. This was the year of Jim Carrey's immortal. This was the best year of any actor ever had. Uh, didn't he have like Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura and the Mask and Dumb and Dumber, I believe. Wow. Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura and the Mask one year. Boy. Isn't that crazy? Hat trick. Anyway, uh, apart from that, there was other important uh, art and music happening. But I just feel like 94, I don't know, the vibe. The vibe was just on. And that meant that in that year, Bob Dylan knew it was a good idea to open shows with Joker, Joker Man. Man. Fantastic. Fant- just a fantastic version also. It's like, it's so, like it isn't really a major deconstruction from the record version. You know, like obviously it doesn't have all of the 1983 kind of sound and, and um, recording techniques and stuff going on. It's a very natural kind of sound. But in terms of the lyric, the rhythm, the melody, the pace, like that's all pretty... It's all pretty straightforward. Watson's drums are just fucking huge in the background. Just do 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 do. It's oh man, and his voice is in such great shape. Like he's he's got a really uh, you see this on a ton of songs throughout this whole this whole set. But he's got a really kind of elastic voice uh, at this yeah, moment. He, he does a lot of, of cool things. Uh, yeah, a lot of cool the, things with the with the pitch and the register like a, or whatever I, like a reverse uh, or like a different version of Van Morrison where like the I don't know the, the things he does for riffing wise. They're like where Van just glides and does these like, Oh, that's a great riff there that, you know, it, it's like amazing. They can chain them together into like combos. Dylan's style is like, he'll do like two or three, but they're so bizarre that you're just like, wow, that's, that's just creative that he can even come up with that to make that work. Cause some of right. these, uh, riffs that he does with his voice are, um, they're peculiar, I'll say. Yeah. And just like the association, the association, enunciation of some of these, these words, Joker man. It, Joker it's, man. That's so cool. And, and like our first the, the, big finish ending on this one too, that swelling. Yep. <laughs> and the crowd is loving it. Like it's such a good, such a great kind of, energy like that, that that was one thing that we should talk about and i'm sure we'll talk about at other times here right but like in japan right bob in japan obviously the site of the immortal budokan performance record experience we're back in japan here in 1994 i don't know how many times if any he had gone back in in that in that interregnum but uh i don't know there's just something about him over there it's a great kind of match or or um as much as like as much of a like a confrontational attitude as he has with the vile brits in japan there's just like a a a sense of mutual respect and understanding and even though there isn't there's this language barrier obviously there's apparently no bob talk from this entire tour besides the band introductions according to olaf bjorner's uh, masterful document um i don't know it just it it feels like they're they're on the same wavelength Konichiwa. <laughs> there, there was that, there was that thing that uh, that's written on Budokan. Um, I forget exactly what it says, but it's in the liner notes or something. And it's like you know, uh, uh, I'll return someday and and claim my like um, my my 
wild bride or something from the Far East. <laughs> right. Some, it doesn't say exactly that, but it's something along It's those something lines. a little less um, fucked up than that. I Not think. quite that, that offensive, yeah. But something, you know, it's just funny. I, I don't know. It's it's fun. Well, you know, the Jewish people, I feel like there's some kind of interesting relationship there with the uh, with Japan. Right. The Japanese are the Jews of Asia. I don't know about that, but I, I will say that there's, a, I don't know, so many Jews, they love Japanese uh, stuff. They, uh, That's true. They also love Chinese stuff. Asian, the Asian Jewish <laughs> nexus that exists, it also exists the, the, in the uh, Bob Asian Jewish uh, universe, you know? Yeah. yeah. Joker man. I'm just listening to it in the background, right? It's so good. Yeah, this is the first time he ends the song by ending the do just playing the uh verse like three times in a row. In yeah. with increasing slow. As far as I'm concerned, fine but like eight eight minutes, seventeen seconds. Stretch it to twelve, fifteen. I could just listen to Joker Man again and again and again. But why would you when you know that the next song is coming up? Uh this is such a surprise. If you don't know what's coming in this set list, which is how I would recommend listening to it, obviously you're getting spoiled here, but uh, going into If You See or Say Hello in this like jaunty version of that after Joker mm-hmm, Man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get out of here. Come on. So much fun. That's great. That's great. It's a great track from blood on the tracks obviously but one that i feel like gets kind of overshadowed at least in my mind i don't know about you but in my mind like when well, i think about it the doesn't tracks, have drums really like the version on the album is not very forceful you know it like most of that record it has that quiet subdued sort of emotional feeling it does, but even even you know a, a lot of those songs have that feeling. But even amongst those other songs, like it's a it's a it's a moment when I catch my breath when I'm listening to that record, like Tangled, uh, uh, Twist of Fate, Idiot Wind, Shelter from the Storm, Buckets of Rain, and stuff like that's what I think of. Like in terms of like the like that's the five song package that is that whole record. Yeah. Um, and if you see her say hello, it's a really nice song. Adds some texture, some depth to that album, but it's not like. You know, it's not the one that's foremost if, well, in mind. If, so if you see her say hello is kind of the girl from the North Country of that record. It, it is in a way like a sequel to that song, I feel mm. like. Or it, it plays on the same themes. It's like it really is the same concept even. Right. But uh, just as Dylan was able to like retool that song many times over and find new ways to do it, he it works really well for uh, maybe even better with... Uh, in terms of versatility here, because yeah, I think it's just a great. It, it can to it pull can out. handle those drums. It can handle a more like um, robust instrumentation mm-hmm. and and a more beautiful, aggressive vocal approach a little bit. Beautiful pedal steel on this too. It's this is like where the kind of there's a really heavy kind of like country feel to this band. It's not it's not country music by any means. But all of the all of the pedal steel and the banjo and stuff that you get throughout this like gives it a really it's very present. Yeah, it's a really warm and just like um, like rootsy kind of feel, which is a which is refreshing coming from you know obviously where we were a couple years before Oh Mercy and Red Sky, which are very kind of like produced and glassy feeling records in their own very different ways, obviously. Um, but this is just such like such effortless just this. It's guitar music, baby. This is good stuff. That mix of that edgier, um, 
that drumming, Winston Watson's drums and and that uh, emphasis on on pedal steel. It it just like you get best of a uh, best of both worlds where it's it has that rootsy soulful um, warmth and also this kind of um, unprecious uh, youthful feeling that you get from those drums being a little bit more right. vigorous. So it's like, it really is just such a good match and it makes these songs just feel perfectly uh, relevant. Like they, they don't sound dated. They don't sound, they, they don't even sound dated when you listen to them now. Like, Oh, that sounds like the nineties. It, it just sounds like, yeah, there's a very, exactly. There's a timeless kind of quality to this to to this set and this sound. Like even like even when you get to a little bit further on in the Neverending Tour, you know, Eleventh FTR, two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. Like those songs sound like Bob in two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. Like there's a very clear like you know bluesy you know retro kind of um, tint to that whole sound. And this is like honestly, you could. I mean, we know what Bob sounded like at every stage throughout his career, but like, but if you didn't, if you didn't, you, yeah, you this wouldn't could know. Nineteen seventy-one. This, this could be nineteen seventy-eight. This could be nineteen eighty-six. This could be nineteen ninety-four. Like it is. This could be nineteen ninety-nine. You know, it's just like it. It really is just like timeless kind of sound. This version of of Dylan's music of Dylan in the nineties, it just feels like um, they managed to interpret it in a way that feels like it's it's kind of uh, untethered. It's like on. It's no strings to hold it down to to the right. past or or the future. Even it just feels like uh, like this music being communicated very clearly and very well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that this this era and this kind of thing that he was doing at this period of time, you know, let's call it ninety three to ninety six. You know, um, works really well and 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 can be appreciated so easily knowing what happens from 1997 onward, um, you know, knowing that Bob has such a, you know, spectacular new kind of exciting direction to go with his own, you know, uh, touring band, his own songwriting, his own production kind of approaches and stuff. Like he's got a whole new creative rebirth right around the corner. But this is sort of a glimpse into, uh, you know, path not taken for him or, or what could have been were he another artist who just sort of settled into, you know, middle age, uh, you know, kind of an, an easy retirement. Like, honestly, similar to kind of what the Stones have been doing for the last 20, 25 years, where they just, like, they go to big con- they go to big arenas, they play the hits, everyone comes out and has a good time, and, like, it's, yeah, you know, but <laughs> you, get what, you get what you get the, there. The Stones of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's maybe a little different because they don't set themselves up every now and then to, like, create a masterpiece. Where, like, Dylan will go a while sometimes without trying to, I don't know whether he tries to or not, he he's incapable of not making a masterpiece. Like he yeah, every he's now and again, he's got to make he makes a masterpiece, whether he of means course. to or not. And then it it becomes like uh, you know, it's just something that has a weight that deserves or just need requires a bit of a different treatment, a, right? A, it, a different it, a different touch. At this point, though, I see like what you mean. A lot of these songs. Like the next song, All Along the Watchtower, it's just like it become a, such a standard. Of course, it still is. Like, it, But uh, this, again, right before Time Out of Mind, right before that total resurgence. Uh, I mean, you've got 
Oh Mercy, which is as good a record as it is. I think it's it pales in comparison in the cultural uh, imagination to what Time Out of Mind represents for his career. Yeah, it's minor compared to everything from Time Out of Mind on. And so uh, you get at this period, it, he is operating. He's able to operate more like the Stones, where they he's just got all these good songs, and he's he's thrown some more ones that are pretty good, and it's all good. Exactly. Yeah, this is you know you were saying a moment ago the like the end of history trope or whatever. This is like the the end of history moment of Bob Dylan's career. Like we're in we're in nineteen ninety four right now. We're going to go until nineteen ninety seven until we get a single new original track from him since nineteen ninety like a seven year period. I think that's the longest amount of time in his entire career that he's gone without releasing at least one original new track. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so you know if. If that had been what he had done for the rest of his career up until 2022, turned into this guy who was like the Stones, that would have been an unsatisfying kind of coda to his career. But obviously we know that he went in a completely different direction and we've got such a wealth of material over the last 30 years, which makes this kind of era, this this brief kind of like pause, reset, end of history moment in his his career, something that we can just kind of like sit back and appreciate for what it is, which is like like you just said. He's going through the the catalog, stuff from the earliest records, stuff from the latest records, playing them all with this great sound, and like it's you know it's just it's exactly what you want. It really hits the spot when you're in the mood or the moment, uh, you know, for this kind of uh, approach. For whatever reason, he wasn't able to do that in the same way in the eighties. Uh, I mean, it's because he it's because it's because he it's the threes. He's on the threes yeah. now. He was know, on the twos the, before, but right? Now he's you're on so the right. Threes. It's on the threes. He's doing the threes. <laughs> he was on the twos in the in, during that time. Eighties. That's a twos decade. That shit is whack. Get that out of here. Nineties. That's a threes decade, brother. It's whatever that thing we're referring to the number, the numerical system <laughs> with which Bob Dylan learned was taught to sing. By, I forget who taught him that. Um, Some random guy in a, a, in a jazz artist. bar or yeah. something. No, no. Well, that's where he was reminded of it. But he was oh, that, taught yeah, that's by right. a, a blues musician. Uh, I will plug this in later. Yeah. You can look it up. But uh, whatever it is, this this Kabbalah that you learned. It, it, Threes, you just baby. listen to Dylan playing all along the Watchtower here. His vocal delivery it's like just so good yeah I think he mentioned, I mean, the, the little clues we get about what the hell that means. He said, like, oh, I found a system to sing these songs that didn't rely on emotion. It, like, ran on something else. Whatever that means, I, stay, I don't know. <laughs> stay tuned for the uh, Chronicles Deep Dive coming uh, as soon as we hit 250 subscribers on Patreon. We're pretty close. Subscribe now. Uh, but it it works, and you can just get... I mean, he sounds so energetic. 
He's into it. Yeah, he's into it. The band's into it. The crowd's in Everyone's having a great time here. It's all along the Watchtower. It's rock and roll, baby. I don't like this song when Dylan performs it more often than not, but what you... I guess usually it feels like, okay, it's just like you you keep imagining the um, the Hendrix version and it just feels like, okay, well, the, Dylan's like chasing that dragon. But what right. you get on this, which Hendrix can't do, is when Dylan is feeling it, you get an older Dylan, very spirited older Dylan vocal doing this song. That's, to me, it actually puts it above the... Uh, the Hendrix version, even with all the guitar heroics. Yeah, of course. I mean, the song is obviously very, like, Bob, you know, Bob is covering Hendrix, covering Bob at this point. But that doesn't mean that it's not, you know, just as good, if not better, than the Hendrix cover of the Bob original at this point. Bob's doing with his voice what Hendrix does with the guitar here. And he's got a, and on top of that, he's got a great fucking band behind. Like the this band, I think in particular, and maybe that's what it is with Watchtower and Thin Man. Once we get to it, like this is if he's gonna play those old chestnuts, like this is the way to play them. Like they are hard, they are fast, they are loud. Watson is just on the fucking crash cymbals like a madman throughout this entire song. Um, it's just it's an exciting kind of sound. Like that's to me, that's why those songs are always kind of such a snooze is because they're so predictable i know i've heard these songs one trillion times i've heard these interpretations of these songs one trillion times like i know exactly what i'm getting i just put me to sleep for six minutes and wake me up you know when we go to the next song but this one is like really it's got it's got some energy it's got some some liveliness it's got some piss and vinegar to it yeah you you can actually see that uh watchtower you can see that uh joker and you can see that uh see that thief see that the, the joker and the thief in the night Wolf mother. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This song is amazing because so many people performing it have the ability to make what is a really a fascinating and, and sort of darkly portentous lyric feel boring. I mean, it's just it, it's a weird song to be like such a such a such a banger, such a banger, such a signature song. A lot of people get in. Uh, people who want to cover this, they they get into it because they it's got just such a good vibe, and they totally just sidestep thinking about what the hell this could mean. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, think about where it comes. Like, imagine if fucking like the Drifters' Escape or something w- was this like legendary all time, you know, top it rock have been. and roll legendary song. It could have been. Yeah. These come from the same place, the same kind of writing energy, the same sound on the record. You know, it's just it just this is the song that Hendrix just so happened to pluck out of John Wesley Harding and turn into this fucking you know cultural totem like uh, Fortunate Son or something. Yeah, it is like Fortunate Son. I love. I know about you. I love CCR so much. Oh, sure. Of course. Fogarty. Badass. Chugle. At my job we, in the kitchen, we'll play, like CCR is kind of a standard. Like if we have music on, it's always, like CCR is always going to be good. Like everyone likes it. But I, I've been making a habit of uh, just taking um, Fortunate Son out of the rotation. Like I'll play everything but it. Just because it has, it's got watchtower. Classic Evan move. Just give, just give everyone what they want, except for the thing that they actually want. I think everyone's tired of that song because it's got watchtower syndrome. You know, it's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. So it's all it's like the watchtower. Minute, it's like two minutes long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I love that uh, chugle though. Keep on chugling, chugle, uh, and keep on listening to 
this show. And what do we got just next? Like wo- just we're, like we're a woman. Just like a woman. We're in the hits. We're in the, the just hit after hit after hit phase right now. All along the watchtower into just like a woman. this set list goes that's just like so great that you get this start it's like you, everybody's on board he earns he earns like this this phase is the least exciting kind of uh stage of a of a, of a playlist to uh to folks with jokerman mindset but he absolutely earns you know this moment of of crowd appreciation or of of pleasing the uh the the common folks uh with where he's going to go he knows to keep these light bright Active songs up right. up front. It's a, it's just a good concert, is what you're hearing. Good if this folk if it's ever there has music, been good yeah. music, folks, it's this right here. And and what's what's also exciting about this is this jammy kind of um, energy and and thing that they the were doing at this time. This is an eight and a half minute version of just like like so like even for us even for the head you know even for fucking psychos who know all of these songs and you know is, uh, could not be any more bored with a blonde on blonde cut at this point like at least you're getting an eight and a half minute okay, like I this. will I I have to point out though the way that this song ends four minutes of that is is just the four minutes this is, is not basically enough. it's basically being repeated again and again <laughs> with no vocals and it's it's kind of amazing like uh, how how you can hear the band sort of uh trying to wind it down they're just rolling i think um 
Tyler Wilcox was tweeting at us saying that like you can hear the band kind of trying to be like, all right, let's wrap it up. And you right. can hear, you can basically hear Bob go, no. no. <laughs> uh, that uh, said, you know, it's, it's still good. Like on my first listen of this show, I didn't even notice. I was just so, uh, I was vibing simply. Yeah, vibing. it took, yeah. Honestly, when I was listening to the, to it the first time, I just listened to it on that YouTube thing you sent me over the weekend. And like, I just, I was just, it was like a Saturday morning. I was just hanging out and like, oh, it was two hours later, two hours later, the, you know, the whole thing goes by and like, oh, well, that, that was a long kind of video for 15, a 15 song set, which is a pretty short set, at least in terms of the number of songs you get from Bob. Um, and she breaks just like a little girl. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, once you once you you know, it's his vocals are really the high point here. He's really into it. And I came in here. He does a Marky Smith thing. <laughs> uh, it's it's Japan, man. He's he's in. You know what he's in? You know what he's in right now? He's in sensei mode. He's sensei mode. <laughs> Bob Bob Dylan sensei. <laughs> Yeah, well, there is a bootleg called Bob Dylan yes. Sensei. Well, for everyone who's unaware, we're not being racist. There's a bootleg called Bob Dylan Sensei. They were being racist. <laughs> yeah. Whoever made that. With very Orientalist kind of font uh, for the word Sensei. It looks like a restaurant in Woodland Hills that opened in like 1981. Yeah. Um, we uh, <laughs> are probably going to use that image for this uh, post, though. <laughs> Oh, man, his vocals are just so good here. Like, he's expressing emotions so intensely, but it, they sound, uh, I don't know, it's like it's like he's using all of the secondary colors. He's using, like, mm-hmm. weird hues to express familiar emotions. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is these are clearly, like, modified versions of these songs at this point. Obviously, you know, uh, all of the, the normie knock on Bob over the last however long has been like, oh, you go to the show, you can't even fucking tell what songs you're listening to. What is it? Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, frankly, I wouldn't but... either, of course. But but this, this, again, I think hits that sweet spot where these songs have been, like, radically reconfigured from where they were initially. Totally different kind of sound. But... They're also totally recognizable yeah, as you these can songs tell. for the, people for the over basic as, listener. People over, uh, they, they exaggerate they too that big of a thing. deal out of it, of course. I mean, I can see someone going to the, to the Rough and Rowdy show and hearing this new version of um, uh, Serve Somebody, for instance, and being like, what the fuck is this song? Um, but, uh, you know, for the, for to the, that, I say, do your homework. Well, of course, what, yeah, okay. it, you'll, you, you'll, you, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't go to a Bob Dylan show without knowing some Bob Dylan music and you should know enough that you can use context clues to figure out what song is being played. Sue somebody. It's not that hard. It isn't you know, that hard. And, and honestly, that's part of the fun is like being able for to, for us it is to notice, oh, okay, this is just a, like that. Well, that's the part of what keeps it engaging is like, how is it different this time? Because it's not just that it's different, that it's not just like that it's decaying and getting worse and worse. There's always different, uh, a different tactic or different approach. Um, Listen, you're preaching to the choir here between me yeah, and but the listeners. Not everybody has, not every listener. I, I Maybe there's some listeners who like certain, I don't know. Maybe there's some new Maybe you're new here. All I'm saying is 
he's hitting a sweet spot here. He's satisfying us. He's also satisfying the classic fans, I think, with these configurations totally. of these songs. 100%. Uh, which brings us to the jam of the jams on this set, very next song, and maybe the one that we'll wrap this first episode up with. Uh, after that, about, like, seven-minute ending, too. Yeah, just Like a Woman has finally just like ended. Just ends, after it four a, false endings. It dies hard. It is four. <laughs> I think it is four. Uh, tangled. Tangled then up in blue. tangled. Oh, man. And it's, like, really uh, jaunty. You he get is that, like, into this. You get that strum. You get that, like, quick It's so fucking, like, you got an acoustic guitar and you got the electric guitar, and Bob is just, like, this is maybe 1.5 times as fast as the actual record, and he still manages to make it 11 minutes long. Like, oh, man. Whew. You got a stew going here. Oh, we got a stew. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so and tangled in particular. I think is one because like think of the real live version. You know, like this song maybe of all the songs is the song that live like he loves to fuck with and just like completely reconfigure. Our, our friend on Twitter, Delyricus. Oh, there's that. Yeah, somebody was doing a crazy project of. Uh, that's Deliricus. He's yeah. tracked every version T- of. Every Tangled. <laughs> every we should tang- have him on. We should have Deliricus on for a project. That is. Episode. That, that commitment to that. Uh, that scholarship. That, <laughs> that That's really. One of the best at. One of you the best earned yourself a place on, on to coming on the show. That I mean, that really is. Just wild. That that is admirable work. Uh, and and again, one of the we gotta do an all tangled tangles. episode. And why? Deliricus. That's great. I don't get it. It's like like Icarus, but Dylan and lyrics in there oh. all in one word. Wow, that's a triple pun. This guy's Incredible. working on a high level. <laughs> He's killing it. Okay, so the deal with tangled for me. I don't know. I don't. Suspect that this is true for you. In the recent past, I found myself a little bit exhausted with Tangled Up in Blue. Right. I think the song can be a bit ponderous. And it's like when you're not really digging a version, it's like, okay, this is going to be a while. I don't know. This one rambles on in a good way. It's just, I don't know, it rocks. Yeah, it's incredible. There's something about Dylan's approach, what his lyrical thing that he does. Whether it's, you know, that it's not coming from an emotional quote, quote, quote place. <laughs> you don't have to think, like as a listener, you don't have to get invested in the lyrics as an emotional core either. Like you can, I don't know, you you can if you want, but it's like hangout versions of his songs. Sure. And and this, this just works for me. Like this feels... Um, it's like for the fans, like as you know more about the music, you don't necessarily need to hear the song for its lyrics every time. Right. It's kind yeah, I mean, of, it's more powerful. Like it can be just as invigorating just to hear the song performed. I think absolutely. that's maybe, maybe that's what he felt and found for himself too. It's a very moldable kind of song. Like, you know, the, the, the New York Sessions version is one very intense kind of emotional experience. The normal Minneapolis version is a different kind of thing. This is a whole other thing. The real live version is its own thing. Like, it, it really kind of, like, it, uh, it, it takes on uh, the flavor of whatever kind of sauce it's sitting in, you know, whatever kind of circumstances it's in. And this one, 
this honestly like this is this is Dylan and the Dead but without the Dead like the the I, I don't know who's playing the electric guitar here whether it's uh, Jackson or Bucky Baxter but they just fucking take off on a solo at like 450 445 something in here and they just are like fucking waxing the floor with this song it's it's incredible some versions of Tango lean into the melancholic aspect the like yearning nah, not this one this, this is... version leans into the heading for another giant yeah. type of feeling it's just like uh you, a road you're trip. on the road here yeah yeah so this is on the road music uh it's good music and <laughs> it it's is, uh, it is good music and it's bob dylan in 1994 uh sendai japan sendai Jan- sendai japan sensei mode sensei mode Join us next time. He's going to teach you a thing or two about honor and respect and uh, <laughs> uh, black belt uh, karate. All right, let's get out of here before we do any more tropes. <laughs> Jokerman.
victims of hell. All the people we used to know, the revolution to me now. 